Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. And again, I'm speaking with James Bolton. You brought up uh, some really important points that I do want to get into. You brought up low-intensity conflict. Uh, you, You brought up uh, insurgency in a hostile political environment. Uh, and you talked about methods uh, that you are familiar with, that you've seen used, and that you know need to be used. And um, I think all of this is very important. So let's go ahead and talk about how we got here. Well, very briefly, I, again, I don't want to go into a long dissertation about history, but um, the political insurgencies that we're facing right now, Dr. Dan, are a result of Cold War infiltrations that represent uh, basically catastrophic intelligence and counterintelligence failures in the U.S. In fact, right now, I think I may have mentioned this to you the other day, um, I'm writing a uh, intelligence failures report based on four points for a former congressman right now. And he asked me to do that. And he was interested in my perspective on that. And I'm cert- I'm not just drawing all this out myself. I'm working with other professionals. Uh, a retired FBI senior investigator has had a lot to do with this. And uh, so there are some good people around the country that are at this level that understand exactly what's taking place. But most Americans at this point, know there's know that there are serious issues. They know that we're in trouble because I see it with people all the time, but they don't grasp the gravity of what took place, nor the gravity of the threats that we're, we're facing now because of these Cold War infiltrations. Most of the communist infiltrations and Islamic infiltrations that we're now suffering from, and they are basically influencing our policy now, one of the reasons we're having so much trouble because they have great influence over our policy. Um, they took place during the 1960s and 1970s. In a very brief format, our education system, media, religious, and political systems were all successfully penetrated, which in turn means that the vast majority of elected leaders, agency employees, uh, professors, military and intelligence services, I'm sure I didn't hit everything, they've all been compromised at some level to some point. So that is to say, Dr. Dan, the people running our government offices at this time were majorly educated in communist and socialist influence universities. And one of the most difficult subjects I've had to deal with people on, especially Christians, is the fact that many of our Christian organizations and Christian universities were also infiltrated by a 
GRU KGB plan that started in the 1950s and ended up in America in, I think, about the mid-60s, late-60s. And they were extremely successful and managed to have great influence over religion in this country and have changed a lot of the ways that perceptions that pastors have and the way they teach and the way they instruct their people. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed, Dr. Dan, and you can break in with this anytime you want to, is the passivity of America's pastors today is staggering. I'm sure you know that. Basically, nearly every American has been challenged intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually to some degree for major purposes of uh, pacification. Uh, and we, we've seen that. And uh, there just seems to be no aggressive spirit left in many of the uh, people and organizations and traditional organizations of this country. So it's very obvious that everything that's traditional in America is being attacked and torn down now. Christ Christianity and God are out. Socialism, drugs, corruption, and chaos are in. Well, you know, what you're talking about is that general hippie movement from the 60s in which uh, we were directed and, and in a direction away from masculinity, away from aggressiveness. Yeah. Uh, and we all know in, in hindsight that was that was certainly part of a plan uh, to destroy the, the part of our country that would be most likely to be able to respond to any kind of a threat. So if you have a class uh, or group of people that who are programmed to respond to threat, protect the homeland, protect their family, protect their loved ones, and if they are being taught uh, in universities that that kind of behavior is not acceptable, that you have to tone it down and, and be less than... Uh, and I don't want—I don't like using the word masculine, but less aggressive, let's say, uh, yes. along those lines. You start to see a decrease in society's ability to uh, to act against threats. So it's not that you don't necessarily recognize a threat; it's that the people who would normally stand up and say, "No, we're not going to do that." Uh, are fearful of themselves coming under criticism, lots of criticism for standing up and saying that. So we certainly have seen that over the last 60 years, uh, increasingly so. Well, I, I would note, Dr. Dan, and you may recall this, um, during Hillary Clinton's State Department um, tenure, when one of the new generals was being sworn in, he actually stated on live television that when he was doing his commencement speech that uh, it is our job to give America the perceptions that we want them to have. And what what they were simply stating there was practically the communist manifesto in, in, in a very short in a very short sentence because that is the goal. You just explained it very well. That is the goal of these type of the low intensity conflicts is to change people's perceptions, their mentalities, and the the way they view government, the way they view authority. Period. And you know, it's in contrast to everything that not only the Bible but our Constitution, the laws of this country teach. Because in every state constitution in this whole country, the first article and first section 
says the people retain all political power. Well, you look around today and tell me that people understand that. I, I don't. They don't. They don't understand it. Well, you talk about the players in this game here, and th there are many players in this game. To me, uh, the the most the most critically important players in the game are the financial powers on Earth that have been trying for a century or more to globalize economies so they can make more money. Uh, that's, correct. that's really that's really what this is all about from their perspective. And I mentioned it in my open. I mean, they they are promoting these this program, this collectivism, this international collectivism, this yeah. globalism. They're promoting it for one reason. So they, number one, can be much more successful financially. And number two, the second reason is they are control freaks. They love to be in control, and they think they're so smart that they should be the ones who tell everybody else on Earth how to live. Uh, and I understand that if you have the, the ego and the cunning to become the head of a multi-billion dollar corporation, yes, you do have uh, the ability to be a leader in some fashion. The problem is that you only have the right to be the leader of the company that you have formed. That leadership role in the company that you were successful with does not give you the right to take away the rights of others who are not associated with you and tell them how to live and control their lives. And that is the, in a nutshell, that is what's happening now when you talk about these large corporations, when you talk about Bill Gates and, and, and Zuckerberg and all and the, the, the man who owns Twitter and, and Minnie Mike in New York. These are all people who, who have been successful, but right. somehow they, in their brain, they think just because they have been successful, they have the right to rule over humanity. Uh, and that's what is wrong. And that is what the problem is here. Uh, we are well, fighting these people. Right. You're right. Um, we call in CI circles, we call that corporate fascism. I'm sure you're familiar with that term. That's exactly what that is. And even Adolf Hitler said corporatism is fascism and fascism is corporatism because that is the propensity of the corporate mindset is to incorporate control over everything around them. You're talking about people who are extremely aggressive in that. They're not just running a company to create assets and sell things and make money. They're running corporations under the idea of fascism in order to control all of humanity. That's that's their goal, and you, you just explained that. Um, they're using the political insurgency models that were developed by – in, in, by the postmodern U.S. government, basically, and learned from the KGB. And I have to say at this point that when when would you ever have imagined, especially years ago, and we have would we have imagined that the Muslims, the, the the communists, the socialists, and the corporatists all working together to destroy one country? Who would ever have imagined that 30, 40 years ago? Even though it was well underway then. No, hardly anyone in America would have thought that would be 
the uh, the case now. But that's exactly what's going on now. We have been ganged up on, so to speak, by all of these factions. Well, what you what you basically have, uh, one the way I look at it is, <clears throat> there's always been a ruling class on Earth. Yeah. Um, obviously, for centuries there was kings and queens and whatevers, uh, and we came when we found the new when the new world was discovered and we started settling uh, what is now the United States. We started settling settling the thirteen colonies. Uh, at first, all of these these kings and queens from and everyone else from Europe they still controlled us. And that is where that germ of the idea was planted in the minds of people like Thomas Jefferson and Samuel Adams and John Hancock and, and Paul Revere, and, you know, and the like, is they looked around and said, look, if King George wants to come over here, it's going to take him two weeks on a boat. Uh, right. And if someone here wants to tell him what's going on and, and fix it, it's going to take him a month to go over there, talk to him and come back and do something. That's a month. If I if I need to if I'm in New York and I need to go down to uh, uh, or up to Boston to see someone, it's going to take me three days on a horse to do it. And I think what they did is they kind of realized that they could get away with a lot of planning to become free to have a revolution and it wouldn't be and it wouldn't be known as easily because of the communications issue oh sure uh, and, absolutely and that's why they set up these these uh, uh, communities of correspondence that's why Samuel Adams did it it was kind of like uh, the modern tea party and they had a call tree uh, involved. So if you needed to get a message, you went to house number one, house number one sent two people out to house number two and three, and they each sent a couple people out. And before you know it, they had a whole call tree without having a telephone. So they were kind of in that area where technology was in their favor or lack of technology was in their favor. So now yeah. technology is against us because yep. those people now, uh, Google and, and all those people, they control technology and they've been able to shut us out. How do we deal with that? Well, they're the the political in this political insurgency scenario, their greatest weapon is information dominance. You're you're right there talking about it right now. Information dominance basically both inhibits truth and propagates false narratives to what I would call this media-crazed population. Our population is absolutely enthralled with all of this communication. So in that respect, we are in 1775 again, but we're not reacting as our founders did. And as you've just pointed out, Dr. Dan, it's far more complex now because of all the technology. But with the right spark and the right information, this we we I I believe and I still have faith and I believe that we could turn this around. I don't think it's impossible. Um, however, as we know from history, timing is important. If you wait too long, you're you're not going to have any capacity to act. 
And that's very important. And therefore, you won't have any center of gravity, a very important term very important term to us. We will lose our center of gravity to uphold and move our actions of, of correction. We won't be able to do much. So we can't wait around forever. Like you said, people need to get off the sofa. But we've already waited far beyond that of our predecessors. If we were to compare it to what the things they were dealing with back then and, and look at what's happening presently, um, we've been way more than patient, very much too apathetic and complacent in allowing them to go way too far. We're, we're dealing with not only what we've already discussed, but with systemic corruption at every level of this country right now. And, and that's what I deal with a lot personally for other people and in, in the local community here is I deal with corruption. And that corruption ties right into everything we're talking about and uh, they're they're directly intrinsically linked to the same groups of people and, and the same purposes in mind. Um, a good example of what's taking place in this country right now. I think I sent you a brief intelligence report the other uh, intelligence report the other day, Doctor Dan. It was uh, talking about uh, Knoxville, Nashville, Tennessee. And they are uh, being absolutely overrun by uh, Muslim socialist and communist activity down there and um, on an unprecedented level. And the one interesting thing that uh, former FBI investigator John D. Uh, Guandolo has pointed out is – and he worked in uh, counterintelligence in the FBI at, at some point, And he points out that why haven't we seen – government forces moving in to, um, to arrest this activity, to uh, deter it and mitigate it at least. Um, we haven't seen that. And that's a great indicator and a great sign for anyone listening to this program right now to understand that, that we're, we are having major, major intelligence and counterintelligence failures major corruption as a result and nothing and i do mean nothing is being done about it that should be a massive wake-up call for what you and i are talking about today so uh and again i'm speaking with james bolton counterinsurgency expert uh who deals on a regular basis with hostile political environments and also with developing methods to deal with insurgencies and counterinsurgencies. Let's say we are we are in 1775. What what are the lessons of 1775? What are the techniques? What do we have to do now uh, to be successful, like our founders were in 1775? Well, you know it's interesting. I got a I got an email from that same uh, FBI investigator the other day, and he knows basically what the kind of things I've been teaching and encouraging people to do. Um, I did a little bit of discussion with him about what I call Op 1775. That's just what I'm calling it for myself. Someone else can call it wherever they want, but he told me on the email, "Prepare to fight, J James," and he said, I know that there's a lot of other things we need to do, but you need to be prepared to fight because this, everything moves so rapidly today, we really don't know how much time we have. 
um, when a communist and socialist insurgency reaches a certain point, and we are in what we call a fifth stage of insurgency right now, and there's only one more, and that's normalization. That's the last stage. We're in the fifth stage right now where most of the activity takes place. And um, things can happen very quickly, especially today, as you pointed out, with technology and things. So we really, we really need to step up right now. We don't have any more time to second guess and, and, and ponder the, the condition or the situations that, that we're facing. We really don't. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning. (laughs) 